0: Often as developers, we believe we have to know everything, be able to figure everything out by ourselves. As long as we get better and faster at coding, our careers will progress smoothly. But if you ask around, you will notice that most people feel stuck in their careers despite years of experience. If you ask for a career device, people will throw you an endless list of complex technical skills to master, and that's not what you will find here.
1: Have you ever reflected on your career goals? Have you ever talked with someone who's doing the kind of work you want to be doing? The first step to growth is identifying what you want. Mina Slater is our guest for this episode. She decided she will never get stuck. She's always doing things that makes her uncomfortable, such as public speaking, managing people, and all sorts of things.
0: With more than a decade of experience with theater management before becoming a software developer, Mina has been progressing in her career as she wants. She even created her own role. This episode also addresses this fact. There is no right or wrong. Everyone has a different journey. And how do you make sure you are moving forward with your journey and not getting stuck? That's what this episode is all about.
1: You will hear Mina saying phrases such as, how can I help my team?
0: I take some time to reflect on my progress.
1: And things such as people and peer mentoring.
0: And people's skills.
1: These are good ways to find opportunities for growth in your job and those things appear organically.
0: Welcome to the Hex Devs podcast, the podcast that helps you become a Ruby expert developer. I'm your co-host, Stephanie.
1: And I'm Tiago.
0: But before we begin this amazing episode, are you a Ruby developer feeling stuck in your current position, not sure how to make the jump to Senior?
1: Get to Senior is our online self-paced course that highlights stories from real Ruby developers who made the jump to senior and beyond. Learn how Tenderlove made the jump to senior. Learn how Chris Oliver kept his skills sharp. Learn how Rafael França learned all about Ruby on Rails. Learn how you can start doing senior level work even before you get the senior title.
0: Draw your own path to senior following our guided exercises and put into practice the strategies extracted from our interviews with our guests. And map out your path to senior.
1: Go to hexdevs.com senior and grab your Get to Senior copy right now.
0: Hello, everyone. We are so happy to be back with the podcast. And we couldn't be more happier than having Mina Slater today. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, Mina. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's really, I'm really honored.
1: (laughs) Thanks so much for coming.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So today we're going to talk all about career growth, career progression, and it's always good to look up for people that are doing what you want to do. So you can extract some strategies and have some examples to follow. So Mina is dedicated to use her superpower <laughs> for good, to connect to people and bring them closer together by contributing to meaningful and inclusive products. Since transitioning from a career in theater management, that's super interesting, <laughs> she went to the Northwestern Coding Bootcamp in 2018. And since then, she has developed as engineer and consultant with specific interest in the backend and Ruby on Rails. Mina has also given some technical talks and she has one that was delivered in the last RubyConf and is really perfect for the discussion that we are going to have today. It's called Managing Out, Strategies for leveling up by Mina Slater. Is that good? Mina, do you have anything else to add? (laughs) Uh, No, that sounded really great. I didn't know I did all that in my career. (laughs) You know, sometimes you need someone from the outside to let you know that you are doing
2: a great job. Yeah. Absolutely. We don't do these things in a in a vacuum at all. So (laughs) that's That's
0: right. So Mina. Did you always know where you wanted to go in your developer career? The, the reason that I asked that is because you got it started as an apprenticeship at Tendon, then you were moving up. And today you are working with something new. You are the hiring manager, right? So mm. how was this entire process for you? Did you always have this role in mind? How did you get where you are today? yeah um
2: like you said in sort of the introduction i am a career changer um, i worked in theater management for uh well over a decade and then uh when sort of i was burned out from that um decided to go to um, coding bootcamp. um honestly i had some ideas when i was starting out in my deaf career of how i wanted to approach this sort of a second chance at a career is kind of how i looked at it uh there were things that i had done in my theater career that uh, i decided you know to learn from and like things that didn't work things that worked or whatnot and to be quite honest um besides that i really didn't have sort of a what would you call like an end goal in mind honestly like i can't really tell you maybe where I would be in five years now. So like I feel like I still don't really exactly like know for sure where I will be. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's good to reflect on what you have done in the past, uh, what got you to sort of where you are. And I'm really I think grateful for this opportunity to come talk to you because it in a way prepping for this conversation has forced me to kind of like reflect and look back on what I had done and where I had come from.
1: And is this your first kind of review, let's say, where you <laughs> looked at your career and say, mm, is this <laughs> what I want, what I really want to be doing or not? So...
2: Um, well, no, not at all. Um, I have, I think, in the uh, last two years during sort of the uh, pandemic period, Um, everyone's a little bit more uh, introspective, I feel like, Mm -hmm. in these last two years of being kind of locked down and uh, getting used to this sort of new normal. And uh, I have actually been doing a lot more of that, just kind of taking stock of what I've done on a more intentional and regular basis. Uh, I think one of the things that uh I'm really grateful for is I uh when uh one of my colleagues and I um got together and decided to sort of kind of peer mentor each other to keep each other accountable to make sure that we're doing these reflections and um, have a space for um processing emotions and things like that so um I got connected with Stephanie Min, who is also a WMBR Viewer uh, member. And she and I are kind of have been in this career for about the same amount of time. Uh, We're on similar levels in terms of sort of like skill. um, So that it's really nice to connect with somebody who like understands what you're going through and can help you process. Um, progress and emotions and um, things like that because I feel like sometimes maybe like folks who are earlier career or folks who are more senior in and much more experienced don't necessarily uh, either remember or know what um, I'm going through so
0: yeah that's a, a really great thing to think about keep in touch with someone that is doing something that th- at the same time with you um, maybe even finding someone that is just a little bit ahead of you helps as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you're definitely right. If you it's really good to look at people that have lots and lots of experience as role models, but mm-hmm. then for you to kind of get from where you are to there, it's it's good to be surrounded by people that are doing what you want to do.
2: Yeah, exactly. People who I think relate to what you're going through. Mm-hmm. To help. Validate some feelings and you know um, progress and things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Moving on to the the next question, it, it's kind of related. You know, you already mentioned to uh, this new situation that you you and and Stephanie is also going through. So, Mina, how did you approach taking these new responsibilities at work? you you mentioned that you already had lots of experience in theater and you already Mm -hmm. tried to bring to your developer work what worked. But how are you evaluating on the day-to-day that those challenging things were moving you up in your career?
2: Yeah, I think that's a really great question, (laughs) Um, actually. And so in my theater management career, I did a lot of um, what you would maybe similar to folks who are in sort of like project management um, and people management would do. So I came to a development and um, technical in my deaf career uh, with a lot of leadership um, experience already and uh, leadership and like organizational um, experiences. And so I think what I was, kind of doing on a day to day basis is trying to bring those to the table Mm -hmm. um, and see kind of like see these skills and see where and how they can benefit my team. For example, you had mentioned the sort of hiring coordinator hiring manager role that I had taken on recently. Um, And what that came from was having just being observant about my team, both uh, folks are ahead of me and folks who are earlier career than I am, um, and noticing that uh, our managers who were handling the hiring communication and the logistics part of the uh, hiring process, and realizing that between co-delivery and client expectations and Uh, their direct rapport responsibilities, and being in the role of company leadership, our engineering managers had just so much on their plate that the two of them didn't have sort of enough hours in the day for everything that they are expected to do. And so I looked at that and I said, what can I like, how can I help you? And what can I take off of your plate? Right? Like I Mm -hmm can't really take off their play, their client expectation, because they're on projects that are, you know, they're delivering things to their clients, um, that like, I might not be involved in, I can't take their direct reports, because I'm not a manager. And that is very specific to what they do. And certainly, like, I'm not (laughs) qualified where I am to like, run a company and be involved in sort of company leadership and decision making and things like that. So I went, Okay, well, I'm organized. I I, we're all involved in interviews. I know how this uh, our candidate tracking system works. I know how to send an email. So like, how about I help you um, make sure that our candidates are um, being attended to like our candidates needs are being attended to that we are giving them a timely response. And really, I approached my manager with that idea, mostly just as a sort of let me take on a couple of tasks for you. Uh, and she went, and I think this speaks to how privileged I am to have just great people around me because she then went to leadership and said, we have this need. Let's create a position for her and make sure that uh, t- by taking on these extra work, she's compensated for for it. And we kind of looked at it in a uh, also in a scope where somebody you know if i were ever to pass on this position it it would go to somebody who is interested in people management but maybe either they're not quite there yet to be a manager or they are not quite sure if that's something they'd want to do to kind of get a taste into leadership so that i thought was a really cool thing my manager did she's She's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, congrats on the the new
0: role. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing this idea of kind of creating your own role because I've seen that happening uh, in my career as well. But I want to ask you about kind of the mechanics around that. So you mentioned, oh, I saw these problems in the company, I saw that my manager was stressing about something, I guess, I wanted to ask you, how did you notice that? How did you see that this problem is important? And Mm -hmm. I have the background and I can help you. So how did that happen? How did you notice those things?
2: Yeah, um, we at Tandem, we have a very small engineering team, I think, relative to some other companies, and so all of the engineers are expected and we really enjoy the opportunity to be involved in the interviewing process, right? So a an, a candidate comes through our pipeline; they would meet with, I want to say, seven engine seven of our engineers. That's half the team. Um, so we have a lot of in, kind of visibility into the hiring process just by uh, being involved in the interviews. And I think what we were seeing um, is. Sometimes candidates will sit in the pipeline for a little longer than we would like. And so I started having conversations with my manager and said, Hey, I interviewed somebody, so and so, you know, last week. We haven't heard anything about, you know, what the decision is, like what's going on there. And so I think that's that converse, like these kinds of conversations with my manager and leadership is where we kind of uh, saw that maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Some folks were sort of falling through the cracks because our managers were just so busy. Um, And that is not the type of experience that we want our candidates to have because interviewing and job searching is stressful enough. And I don't want, you know, just by by nobody's bad intentions, right, Mm -hmm. to... Be forgotten about. That's not. That doesn't feel good for anybody, um, and we feel bad about that. So I thought that um, to live up to our company's values, that we really have to, really have to bring our candidates a good interviewing experience. And I thought that it's like, mm-hmm. well, I have a couple of hours a week. Let me help you with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think what I love most about that is you could have stayed just asking. Hey, what is gonna happen with this person that I interviewed? What happened? You could have stopped there, but you didn't. You know, this is not what I want for for the company for the team. Mm -hmm. I will do something about it. Uh, so that's I think that's a simple thing, but it definitely makes a lot of difference. So kudos (laughs) to that and (laughs) (laughs) congratulations.
2: Thank you. I yeah, I'm I'm of the personality that I'm I kind of have the drive to like s- solve mm-hmm. any problem i see and that's not necessarily like what every situation needs is somebody to be like well have you tried that to fix this like situation um but it worked out in this circumstance mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely yeah
0: i love that and it just confirms that most of the problems of course not all of them but most of the problems can be solved once you clearly identify the root cause and the solutions are not technical stuff. It's just looking at things with a different perspective.
2: Yeah, software development is a people business. And I think that a lot of people don't um, recognize that or realize that. Um, mm-hmm. So I try, to, I try to remember that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that could sit about any business, right? So it's always people. So yeah. people involved involved there's always a way to make things better mm-hmm. and i think it's really cool that you saw that the candidates weren't being treated the way you would you wanted treated. to be treated <laughs> yeah. and also the company wasn't living up to the culture values right so mm-hmm. doing some the interviews but it wasn't living up to the expectations or the cultural values, and you saw that gap and then you said, oh, I'm going to fix that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's
2: yeah, it. I think we hold ourselves to a very high standard. And so when <clears throat> when maybe we identify things that don't necessarily live up to that standard, it's really up to us to kind of pull ourselves and everyone else up
0: to it. That's always something good to remember yeah what, why are we doing what we do <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so mina since we are talking about crafting opportunities at mm-hmm. your job even though you already had some background in your previous experience as a theater manager still i'm pretty sure you had to learn new things it was still a challenging situation for you how are you making sure that you were filling in the gaps and how Mm -hmm. were you doing that in a daily basis?
2: Yeah. Uh, One of the things that I was saying that, uh, you know, I looked at my theater career and said, like, I did all these things, some of it were, some of it didn't. And I brought some intentions and lessons learned from that to approach my deaf career. Uh, And one of those things is, I thought that I was getting too comfortable in, Um, in my theater career, and just like the choices I was making, weren't challenging enough. And I wasn't kind of being uh, put into situations where I'm uncomfortable and can learn. So one of the things that I brought into my deaf career when I first started was that I'm going to do things that make me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And one of those things was public speaking. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I am an okay public speaker. But my nerves is a lot of times what gets me and I'm definitely like not a confident public speaker at all. So I was like, Okay, that thing scares me, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so I did. And I uh, very early on, even before um, I maybe hit a year in at my job, I was sending out um, proposals to conferences, and um, luckily, I think I was really lucky. Honestly, maybe not lucky is the right word per se, but uh, privilege. I one of my first uh, proposals was accepted by RailsConf um in 2019, and it was my first ever
0: mm-hmm.
2: presentation at a tech conference. It was maybe my third tech conference that I had even attended. Uh, but what I use those opportunities for is not just attending those conferences and attending the uh, workshops and talks that they, pro- that they provide me access to and meeting people and networking. Even outside of that, I what I do is I write proposals for subjects that I maybe don't currently have the knowledge to present on. Mm-hmm. but I want to learn more about or just kind of have a sort of vague idea about. And when they're accepted, I use the prep, like the, the talk preparation period to as an excuse and opportunity to do a deep dive into these subjects. So mm-hmm. I think a couple things there, right, like the skill of writing a proposal is what I'm practicing. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes we talk about in the tech industry like our interviews sometimes don't reflect what we do on a daily basis and i think proposal writing and public speaking are two different skills also Mm -hmm. um and so i think i have gotten a little bit better about writing proposals because i'm getting accepted a little more often than maybe i expected to and yeah so that's really interesting because it provides me a lot of opportunities to learn about a lot of different things that I'm like, I'm going to talk to your audience about this, so I'm going to learn it now.
0: <laughs> wow, that is so smart because yeah. I do the opposite. <laughs> 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 but that is such a great idea. I love that. It's way, really, it's way. Really
1: so f- first you study and then you present. Is
0: that it? Well, usually I talk about something that I already mm-hmm. wrote something about it or already did something related to the topic but it's mostly because i was more focused on getting started with putting myself out there Mm -hmm. Uh, but i think that's also a great way like it's a different way to to approach this so i i loved learning that thanks for sharing
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah of course uh i will also say that they're not always like subject matters that they're not they're never like subject matters that i Don't know anything about. They're always like inspired by, like, I ran into a bug at work. So I learned about this concept. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to propose to talk about this concept. Now I'm going to learn more about it than I had the opportunity to uh, Mm -hmm. just in the sort of work context. Uh, So it's more, not necessarily an opportunity to like learn about something, but it's an opportunity to do a deep dive.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: It's a great justification, right? So yeah. you're learning this thing and then you kind of make a promise, or I'm going to present this talk about this topic that I kind of know about, but, mm-hmm. and then
2: exactly. you get
1: accepted and you have to do it. There's no other option, right? So you yes. have
2: to, to do it. I never, I don't want to let thousands of people down <laughs> or
0: like event organizers. So it's a great motivation. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah, that's uh, a good way. And also, I think you touched on a very simple point here, which is you're not talking about the the more complicated aspect of Ruby or whatever. It's something that you encounter at your job, you had to solve it, and you want to make that process easier for other people. So it, it's not about being smart, it's about being helpful.
2: Yeah, it's one of the things that I was told pretty early on Uh, just a couple months into my deaf career is that we are all experts at something. So I think a lot of that's what really drove me to kind of like, get into to say, like, I'm, yes, I'm qualified to talk about some things, Mm -hmm. you know, I might not be qualified to talk about, I don't know, JIT compiler, like, Aaron Patterson did with you all. So that's not definitely like not something I'm qualified to talk about. But I can talk about my experience. And something small that I learned that there's always somebody you know, even when I was an apprentice, there are people in boot camp trying to get to an apprenticeship. Um, Or here I am in the mid career, there are people in apprenticeships or, you know, are just looking for or in their first um, deaf jobs, wanting to get to mid career and senior, Um, there's always something that you can teach somebody. Uh, so I think I try to, whenever I meet folks who are either like in boot camp or sort of like earlier in their career, I'm always asking them, like, are you interested in public speaking? Because you can like get into it early. It's a really great opportunity to learn."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think I'm also I also do that behind the curtains. Like I'm like, "Oh, okay. What did you learn this week at your job? Why don't you mm-hmm. share about it?" Um, other people might have encountered that. Uh, the chances are super high. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely.
1: Yeah. So one of the tips you just gave is okay. So if you want to improve, if you want to learn something, just send a proposal. And if you <laughs> accept it, you, you're gonna have to to learn more about it. So this kind of pushes you <laughs> to to do it. And also doing public speaking. So. You're learning about something technical and mm-hmm. you're practicing uh, public speaking, which is a great mm-hmm. skill to have. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? Because you have a background in, in theater
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we see a lot of developers, myself included, that have some trouble you know, with talking to people and public speaking and all of those things. Do you have another tip for people that want to improve their public speaking skills beyond doing uh, tech talks and things like that, just so they can feel a little more confidence or, you know.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely. You if, if you want to speak or present, big conferences are not the only places you can do that, right? I think smaller meetups uh, are always looking for presenters, especially, well, for WNBRB, where Stephanie and I met um We just had an event this past Tuesday for first time speakers that want to get into technical speaking and their short lightning talks. So like five to 10 minutes chunks or presentations that just kind of get you out there and get you uh, kind of understanding what that like feeling Mm -hmm. of uh, presenting is like. And I think I, besides the technical things and like the public speaking itself as a skill. What I learned a lot from doing conference talks is about myself, you know, because you, I think some mentors and speakers, you know, they can give you all the tips about, you know, how to put together a presentation, for example. Um, But you really have to learn what works for you. Uh, For example, when my first talk, my first practice of a draft, Pretty much bombed. I did it internally for my company. And what came out of that practice was I eventually kind of revamped the entire presentation mm-hmm. um, just based on sort of like their feedback. Because what I was being kind of mentored to do is you know, you have your speaker notes, right? You have bullet points of things that you want to talk about and hit. But what I learned about myself through that practice is that coming up with words and like full sentences that make sense and transition together on the spot is Mm -hmm. difficult for me Mm -hmm. so one of the engineers on our team then was gave me the advice that her first talk she wrote down every single word that she was going to say on stage essentially in like a script format and she practiced from that and eventually, like semi memorized it. And that's how she gave her presentation. And so from that advice, I was like, that's what I need, because I need to think about my words ahead of time And what I did for this conversation too, um, is like, think through things in not just bullet points, but full sentences, mm-hmm. uh, so that I don't have to be kind of charged with coming up with those words right on the spot.
0: Uh, Mm -hmm.
2: So I, what I would say is definitely practice a lot and don't wait till the last minute if you are uh, wanting to give presentations, but find what works for you. Like something Mm -hmm. that works for other people, even majority of people might not work for you. Um, so try lots of things.
0: Yeah, those are really, really great tips, I think. You know uh, what's most important is for you to put yourself to win. So, for example, maybe getting started at talking at your company is the best way mm-hmm. to get started. And also, you don't have to give a new talk every time. You could, Not at all. You could start as a five-minute talk at your job. Then yeah. you nail that. You you are confident confident with your progress. Then you're like, okay, I will do a ten-minute version of this one. Until you, you know, you keep challenging yourself and you don't have to focus that much on coming up with new ideas. Mm-hmm. Make sure to really focus on your public speaking skills. Um, so that might take the pressure off, I guess.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: definitely. <laughs> yeah.
1: One thing that you mentioned about your progression in your career was oh, I was kind of leaning into the discomfort a little bit and I didn't want to hit a plateau, so I wanted to keep improving, and then eventually you found some problems, Talk to your manager about those problems, kind of create your own role in a way. Do you think that the skills you had, uh, let's call it the soft skills, but like people management skills and things like that, do you think those skills helped you progress more quickly in your developer career? Because we see a lot of people with those problems, right? They're kind Mm -hmm. of mid-level, they have the technical expertise, they have the skills, but they they don't know how to talk to a customer or they get nervous, you know, talking to their team, asking for feedback, you know, they kind of run away from one-on-ones and things like that. So do you think that, is there a way to maybe practice those skills or get better at them? Because some people think that, oh, dealing with people, you know, managing people, you have to have the right personality to have those skills. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, these are just skills, right? You can practice and get better. So what is your take (laughs) on that?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a really great question. Um, And we've talked about sort of like the way that I have sort of progressed and provide more value to my team is in a lot of that people skill, communication skill, the soft skills, as you say, right? Um, And I think there's a balance to everything, right? And going back to all the way to the beginning where we were talking about reflecting on your career, where you have been, where you want to go, um, I think that what you want today might not be what you wanted three months ago, six months ago, or even a year ago. And I think in some recent reflections of my own career is that, okay, I have uh, provided a lot of sort of soft skill contributions, but it's always a trade-off, right? So you look at that, you're like, oh, Mina's, kind of contributed so much it's like okay but now i want to grow more in my like technical side of things right so then you kind of take stock of that recognize that and then pivot your strategy um so everything comes with practice you know if somebody comes in and they're super you know technically savvy and just can solve all kinds of problems in code but has a hard time uh Relating or communicating with their teammates or stakeholders or whatnot—all of those things, I think, start with recognizing that that that's maybe not your strong suit, and recognizing that that's what you want, right? Because somebody in that skill level or that's with that skill set I just described, who's super technical but might not might not be the best communicator, do they want to be a better communicator? right? I think it's recognizing, yes, I want to be a better communicator. That's step one. And then, and then finding sort of strategies to, and opportunities to get better at those things. Like I said, I'm really privileged to have good managers who would advocate, who go through that conversation with me to help me figure out where I need to and want to grow. And then advocate for opportunities for me or create opportunities for me in the like hiring coordinator instance to let me grow in a way I want to, right? So that's what I had been doing. And I think recent uh, reflections is identifying for me, for example, I want to grow more in my technical uh, skills. So now I have to, now I'm going to pivot strategies or find different opportunities to grow in that way. Um, So they say, you know, the first step to, they say first step to recovery is identifying you have a problem, but you know, it's that sense, but I don't like those words as much. Um, It's the first step to growth is identifying what you want. Mm -hmm. Really?
0: Yeah, that's, that's super, that's super key. Thank you for, touching on that, because there's always a million things that we all want to do. But for you to keep doing something that you are really bad at it, it has to be something that really matters to you. So definitely, you you need to take that time to identify, does it really matter to me? And also, you know, it's like you said, it's always trying to find the balance. There's always going to be trade offs. Mm -hmm. My therapist said, recently this beautiful quote we are all work in progress until we decide to stop growing if you're not struggling you're not changing so embrace that make sure to make mistakes and learn from them and keep keep moving forward keep moving forward
1: (laughs) and i also love the idea of Kind of inviting help in a way, talking mm-hmm. to your manager and say, "Oh, I want to yeah. get better at this. Can you help me? Can you guide me? Can you yeah. create opportunities for me to grow?" Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. really important.
2: Yeah, it's also important to have people around you to help you reframe some of those things, right? Um, we as at, at Tender, we as a company, all did our uh, Clifton Strength Finder. Uh, it's not really a quiz, but a uh, survey to sort of find what where kind of natural affinities lay and grow in those ways. And I have gone back to those results time and again, uh, kind of to understand how and where I need, mean, like in what direction I want to grow. Mm-hmm. Love
0: it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Mina. I can't wait to see where you are going next. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I'm pretty sure it's going to be exciting. Yeah and you are going to love it so we will make sure to keep in touch to to get it it. yeah i will love that (laughs) yeah for
2: sure keep me accountable
0: (laughs) yeah all right so mina if anyone wants to ask you a specific question or just say hey this was an amazing episode just throwing it out there where can people find you (laughs) yeah um my i
2: am on Twitter, uh, MinaR528 is my handle. I am also on Instagram. I have a book-themed uh, Instagram called Prismatic Pages. You can find me there. I'm on Instagram way more than I am on Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> drop in. I love to meet people. Love it. Awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah thanks so much, Mina, for coming. It was a great, great conversation, and I'm sure people will learn a lot from this conversation.
2: I think I learned a lot from this conversation.
1: People learn a lot from this conversation.
0: (laughs) You don't have to be perfect to do stuff. (laughs) That's what editing is (laughs) for. Okay. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure to share this episode with your friends if you liked it. And see you in the next one.
1: Do you feel like you're too experienced to be a junior, but not enough to be a senior? Are you feeling stuck in your career? What if you could take your software engineering skills to the next level?
0: Take control of your career. Know what steps to take to make the jump to senior.
1: Join the free Get to Senior Crash Course and receive five email lessons over the next two weeks.
0: Learn how to identify opportunities to work on challenging projects on your job. Get instructive feedback and support to keep your skills sharp while on the job. Go
1: to hexdevs.com senior dash crash dash course and get started today. Or look at the show notes and click on the link.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Let us know what you liked to learn more from this episode and see you in the next one.
1: Bye.